I suppose for most folk uh, here this evening, this is like coming home. It's familiar. It's CE on a Saturday night, and it's great to be here. And where did the summer go to? CE teams have come and returned from Philadelphia, from Romania, from Malahide. Many individuals and other groups have gone all over the world. And as usual, CE folk have invaded New Horizon for the first week of August and also been involved very much in expression. We've been blessed over the summer, and for that we are very grateful. However, for some, it's new. It might be a bit scary, it might be a bit confusing. What really is it all about? It's not a youth club, it's not a meeting. So what on earth is CE? What is the heartbeat of CE? Well, let me tell you what makes it tick. We pray that it makes it tick, and that is Jesus. We read about Jesus in these verses in Philippines. This is what makes us tick. It is Jesus. The Jesus who lived out the idea that in order to uh, go well in life, we have to humble ourselves. The Jesus who had it all but give it up, as he said in verse 7, to become nothing, to become a servant. The Jesus who bade his father, as we see in verse 8, to die on a cross for the rebellious natures of us. But also the Jesus we see in verse 9, whose name is above every other name. The Jesus, as we see in verses 10 and 11, who we will all bow before in every tongue, whether we like it or not, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What are we about and see? We're about Jesus. This last wee while has been a possibly difficult time for me because I lost my mum. But at our funeral, at our service of thanksgiving, we sang a piece which described what my mum was like. And that piece was entitled All for Jesus and it'll be coming up on the screen. If you were there and you didn't know my mum, you'd see the verse first that says All for Jesus, All for Jesus, this our song shall ever be. You're our only hope, our saviour. Yours the love that sets us free. If at that point you hadn't quite understood what uh, made my mum tick, you would read, you would sing the second verse. And it says again, all for Jesus, you will give us. If you really hadn't got the point at that stage, you come to the third verse. And the writer definitely want to emphasize it. All for Jesus, you have loved us. All for Jesus, you have died. All for Jesus, you are with us. All for Jesus, crucified. So hopefully the penny had dropped, but in case it hadn't, the writer goes on to the fourth verse to say, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. And then the very last verse, he says, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. This the church's song shall be, till at last your children gather, one in him eternally. So if you wanted to know something about my mum, you knew that she was all for Jesus. So if you come to see ye and you don't hear about this Jesus, please check that our hearts are still beating. We pray that as the Bible is read, as it is explained, and you meet and chat with other Christian folk or with Christian folk who are here at sea, you will experience something of the Jesus that we've read about. Now, verse 12 tells those who are Christians to work out your own salvation. It doesn't say to work for your own salvation, but to work it out. This means to live it out 
It says to live this out with fear and trembling. Not a cringing fear as you would before a tyrant, but an awesome responsibility before our holy and loving God. So this is all down to you and to me, we might say. No, verse 13 says, look at it. No, God is working in you to fulfill his good purpose. God is working within you. You're not alone. Guys, thanks be to God that this is a community in which God is at work. Not because we are great, not because we're wonderful, not because we're worthy of anything, no, but because of God's great mercy to us. We get it wrong, we're far from perfect, but because of God's mercy, he works within us and we deserve none of it. And his purpose is that we may become more and more like Jesus Christ in our attitudes, in our desires, in our hopes and in our relationships and seeing them change to become more like his, his attitudes, his desires, his hopes, his relationships. As we through God's strength live this out, not only in sea, but in our communities, the communities which Paul says in verse 15 are often crooked and depraved. He tells us that we will be like stars that shine as we hold out the word of life, as we hold out Jesus Christ. We pray that in CE, many will say of us, they shine because they're all for Jesus. It's been a real joy to hear back reports from folk who've been away over the summer, you guys who are shining like stars for Jesus in Malahide, in Romania, in Spruce Hill in Philadelphia, in Grace and Peace in Philadelphia, and many others in many other places, in New Horizon, in the town itself during expression. To say that we are proud of you is an understatement. But listen to what God says about you, which is a thousand times more important. He says this about you. The Lord, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save. He will and has taken great delight in you. And he will quiet you with his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. So what does this look like in practice for us? I'm going to suggest there are three things that should mark out the type of community that Paul talks about in these verses. Three things we would love to feel are a part and hopefully an ever-increasing part of the CE family and of many other Christian communities and churches where Jesus Christ is the center. The first is love. That's predictable. There's always going to be love. But not the sentimental affection we experience sometimes. Not that pink sort of love. But love as we see in verses 6 to 8. Jesus became obedient to death. That was how he showed his love. Even death on a cross. He loved us even when we were sinners. We were rebels, his enemies. Some of us struggle to move down the street to people who are not like us. And our love is often conditional. But Jesus' love is unconditional. It was only because Jesus left his home that he left his comfort zone with unconditional love 
that we can be saved. It is only as this kind of love is worked into us and then out of us into our community that we shine like stars. It is a love that includes our friends, but it also includes a love for those who do not like us, for our enemies. It is a love that got Jesus executed for us. Near the end of last term and see, we talked one evening about forgiveness. And I showed that evening uh, a short uh, DVD about Corrie ten Boom. And we're going to look at it again because it is very, very helpful when we think of the love that Jesus puts within us to love people that we would naturally not want to love. In fact, we would de desperately want to hate and cause harm to him. Corrie ten Boom, as a young teenager living in Holland uh, during the war, uh, her family rescued many, many thousands of Jewish people so they weren't sent to concentration camps. But she was eventually caught with her family and sent to a concentration camp. And her sister, Betsy, was executed at that camp. Carrie survived, and as an old lady, she now talks and says something of what it means to love people, but to love people who are truly your enemies. Listen to this and marvel at the grace of God, not marvel at Carrie, but marvel at the grace of God that could change minds and hearts to love people who are often so unlovable. of our strength is Jesus Christ himself and his cross shows us that we can accept suffering as a part of God's plan for this world when I was in a concentration camp one of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. 
some people are afraid to look at the cross. Are you? Don't be afraid. The cross is terrible. It is terrible how Jesus suffered. Not to describe. But you must not be afraid to look at it. For if you had been the only person in the world, Jesus should have suffered for your sins. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my sins rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I have guidance every day. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel officers, guards in the concentration, in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then... I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either, but he can.
The first characteristic of his church and of his people is love. The second characteristic is service. In a world that takes so much and wants its own rights, that they're met all the time, it's strange for us to think about serving into each other's lives. Verse 3 says something quite radical. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. It's then we shine like stars, serving one another, asking that question, what can I do to help? In a relationship, it's not what can I get, but what can I do to love you more? It's about you, and it's not about me. Seeing the things that need to be done, writing that letter, that email, that text, having a heart for the person who's on their own, I really don't need to mention them. We all know the things that are typical of the Jesus way. And in doing so, we will shine like stars because Jesus, because of Jesus, for his glory. Don't think you don't have opportunities to serve one another. Allow God to open your eyes and hearts to show him what he has for you. When I was thinking about this of service, I began to try and think of somebody, somebody famous, somebody who would impress you and think about their life of service. And one guy came to my mind. And he's sitting at the back of the hall, and that's Robbie Chambers. There he is. You have no idea the things through God's grace that he's done for people. Only heaven will know it. He says, frequently the small things are the big things. And he's right. I owe him a debt of gratitude, as do so many other people, because he has served into people's lives. He's a crazy guy, but he is Jesus' crazy guy, and who loves and serves into people's lives. So the first characteristic is of love, the second is of service, and the last one is of giving. This is not a call for more money for CE, far from it, but it's a call to recognize as Christian people our privilege and our responsibility. I understand our resources may or may not be limited, but this will change. And so before God, ask him to lay on your heart how you should handle the gifts that he has given you. Often how we handle our money and the things that God has given us tells us so much about our heart's desire. Are we shining for Jesus? And is it seen by our love that is obedient to God's will? Are we shining for Jesus by our service which reaches beyond our own comfort zone? Are we shining for Jesus by our giving which recognizes that all things come from him? all for Jesus. May that not be, may that be your heartbeat. Maybe for some tonight, it's not your heartbeat. And you think, well, I'd love it to be my heartbeat. And I'd love Jesus to come into my life, but I'm, I'm not a great specimen. But he loves you dearly. We pray 
that we'll all continue to meet Jesus and maybe some for the first time throughout this year at CE. I'm going to ask the guys to come up, the musicians to come up, and then we'll, I'll pray. So, guys, if Stephen, if you could come on head up here. And I'm going to ask you guys, I want us to sing, if you don't mind, I Cast My Mind, that piece we sung earlier on. And I'd love us to really stand, and it may not be your natural bent to sing out loud. It may well be that you don't sing very loud at CE, but I would really encourage you. And if the person beside you is not doing a good job of it, give them a dig and tell them to get going. But we're going to praise God together. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing, stand and sing together. So let's just pray together, guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you want us to shine for you. We thank you you want us to love unconditionally. So much of our love is conditional to the people who love us and are kind to us. But Lord, you've called us to something that's totally different, and that's to love unconditionally. People who maybe despise us, have no time for us. So we pray, Lord, that help each one of us to understand what that means for us, the people that around us that we just struggle with, that we pray for them and endeavor to love them. Not in a sentimental way, but a very practical way. And Father, as well, we pray that with people who would serve, would not just be observers, but with people who would get up off our seats and say, Lord, I want to help whatever way I can into situations and into into people's lives be willing to go the extra mile for folk and serve into people's lives and father you've given us so much and we thank you for all that you've given us and we know sometimes our resources are limited but lord we want to give what we can to you to your kingdom to your work and so we think of our money and our talents and whatever we have we want to give it back to you lord knowing that you're no man's debtor and you'd reward us many times over. So Lord, be with us, each one of us. And may our heartbeat be all for Jesus. May folk, when they come through the door, will recognize because of the love and the service and the giving, they'll recognize that these are people who follow Jesus Christ. So Father, just be with us and bless each one of us. And maybe for someone tonight, they've never trusted you, Father, and they're on their own, that they'll put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. So, Lord, be with each one of us that as we sing this piece to the best of our ability, that we praise and worship you for who you are and all that you've done. So we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. <laughs>